across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. You guys know that I'm I'm pretty experienced in this business. Been at this game. Had my I had my license in Maryland for 28 years full time. Now I still have a big team that's run by somebody else, Mike Sloan, my partner. But I'm an, intricately involved with him on an email basis, if if not more. Uh, regularly so i know what's going on plus i had over 400 guests on the show including the ones that haven't been released yet and i see where the pain points are in real estate today and i think there's a huge pain point in listings right i think that because the mls is public now People are having to spend more and more time and more and more money and effort to get buyers, and they're getting farther and farther away from listings. And I'm a big believer that listings are the name of the game, that buyers are a byproduct of listings, and that you will get much more solid buyers from sign calls than you will from buying them from some of these sites or from anywhere else. And that you will get uh, much more commissions and a much higher profit by being a listing agent. And I think what keeps people from being listing agents is they're afraid of the listing appointment. And the reason they're afraid, because there's a lot of really heavy rejection. I mean, I can remember times in my career where I really, really, really thought that I had a listing or I really, really wanted a listing. And uh, they chose someone else. And there's a plethora of reasons why they may have chose someone else. But I just remember it, it, it hurting. It, it just getting kicked right in the gut. It keep me awake at night. Like, what did I say wrong? I swore I had rapport with the family. I swore that was in the bag. I should have closed harder. I should have zigged when they zagged. I should have set a different price. I should have set a different commission. I should have said, you know, whatever, a different marketing plan. I forgot to mention this. I forgot to mention that. You know, sometimes I made my listing appointments too short because I didn't know that they were interviewing multiple agents. And so anyways, that caused me, knowing that that's the number one pain point in the industry, to create the Certified Listing Agent Program. And this thing has taken a long time. I interviewed eight of the top real estate agents in America about their listing appointment, what they say, what they do, how they do it. And then we role-played it on screen, on camera. And then in addition to that, they gave me their pre-list books. They gave me their CMAs. They gave me their net sheets. They gave me everything. And I put it all together. We edited it in the bite-sized chunks. And uh, we created a product out of it. And so basically what you're getting is about 10 hours of video on listing appointments. And you could uh, they're segmented by agent. So if you like an agent, you can watch them over and over again. If you dislike one of the ones of the eight, then you don't have to watch them again. You can print out everything immediately. Some people are buying it just to print out all the stuff that's free with it. The 28 downloads that's included in it. But it and, and it's in, in ten minute increments. So it uh, so you 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 watch five to twelve minutes of video and then you take a small quiz, and then you watch another five to twelve minutes and you take a small quiz. So it's bite size. So you can get through it. Go on the appointment. 
take a little bit more. Go on the appointment. Take a little bit more. Go eat lunch. Take a little bit more or, or spread it out over a year. You know, we've had a lot of people already sign up. We've had 10 graduates so far. I'm, I can see where the progress is. I have a lot of people over 50% done. And in my mind, because I'm ADD, it, it sure as heck beats being in a stuffy classroom listening to a lecture. Because here you're getting real people saying real meat and potatoes, and it's in bite-sized chunks. And you're forced to take a quiz and get an 80% pass rate on it to keep you alert. And it's just a lot better way, in my opinion, to learn. So if you want to learn more about it, go to hybendigital.com backslash discount. And get the discount that we're offering now. That's Hyben Digital backslash discount. You'll get my personal podcast discount by going there. And take a look. You know, see what you think. It comes with my personal guarantee, 100% guaranteed money back guarantee. Look, if you take it and you think it, it, it stinks, I'll give you your money back. You can go on Google and Google my name. And I'm personally guaranteed this. I'm very, very easy to find right? Just send me an email. I promise you, I'll, I'll give you your money back. But that's how confident I'm better. I mean, it took us a long time to do this and a lot of money. And, and it is solid. I mean, it, this is not a cheap waste of somebody's time. You take this course, you're going to beat the competition. You take this course, you're going to feel so much better going in on the listing point. You're going to have a Superman cape on or a Super Wonder Woman cape on. If you take this 10 hours, it may take you 15 hours with the test or whatever. If you put the time in, uh, it will be worth it. Anyways, check it out. Hybendigital.com backslash discount to get your discount on it. Happy Friday, Rockstar Nation! Wow, what a great week, huh? We had some great guests this week, and uh, today's episode is going to be bombastic as well. Stay tuned for next week. Next week, we have some brilliance going on monday i got the guys from the rusty line academy which is a sales academy and you know i think that as agents we don't talk about specifics of sales enough i don't think brokers do i think they're too worried about how to not lose your license and technicalities of a contract and things that really never come up that much and i think it's important we talk about sales and growth and and stuff like that so these guys are good wednesday i got greg gorman old friend of mine from naples florida showing what's going on in the naples market it's interesting what's happened there and then he's actually seeing a downturn he's like they peaked and they're kind of coming back down so haven't heard that even on west coast i'm still hearing peak 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 so interesting and then friday got ashen gustafson ashen's out of waco texas bright young guy just doing some dynamite things there so all great week i got some new reviews on amazon.com i'm getting my itunes and my amazon mixed up but let me read you two that i just got on my book by the way this is amazon i just got this one a great read from deli time what up deli time clear and concise i'm not a real estate professional but appreciate the simple Pearls of Wisdom that Pat shares. Purchase it and enjoy. That's cool. I always love it when non-real estate professionals buy six steps to seven figures. And then great tangible ideas from Carol L. Oliveris. Always love it when people put their real name rather than some Fagosi name on this stuff. I'd so kind of misspelling. This book is for agents new in the business or those wanting to boost their business. Anyways, thank you, Carol. And thank you, Delta Time. And then what I really meant to read in the beginning was 
these, which I got from you guys. I got three new ones. I got Pat. Thank you for putting all this together. This is Fegelmac. Agents just starting your seasons. Vets will take so much away from these interviews. And then my latest is this one from Cassand Spark. It's called Sales. And it says, in my second year of real estate, I stumbled upon Pat's podcast in December. I had just had knee surgery and started listening every day while I walked rehabbing my knee. Two months later, during my annual review, much to my total surprise, I found out that I was tied for the top listing agent in my town. All I had done was suggested in the podcast, not really paying attention to what others were doing. At the end of October, I will have closed over 100000 in sales with a few months left to kick that up even more. I have agents in my office asking me who's coaching me, what I'm reading, how do I spend my day. It's this simple. Read Pat's book, Six Steps to Seven Figures. Listen to Pat's podcast, Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. And sign up for Pat's Certified Listing Agent course in Rebus University. It's that simple. Thank you, Pat. Wish there was a better way to say how tremendously you've changed my life and jump-started my career. Cassand Spark, August 21st, 2016. I could not have paid somebody to write a better review. That is awesome. And I did not. I do not know who Cassand Spark is. That is, that is great. I love that one. I wish I could figure out a way to make that the only one on there that's perfect that's great not that there's ones on there are bad actually i got 123 five-star reviews so they're all brilliant so thank you to everybody who has reviewed and if you do review it helps us in the ratings helps us get more listeners in there and helps us get some of these great people to come on because some people nowadays they know about podcasts and, and when i try to get them on they're like i only go on if you have a certain number of reviews or you have a certain amount of ratings a certain amount of listeners so all that helps get better guests for you guys i have two brand new graduates of rebus university that's a drum roll jeffrey twig just graduated and jason Hinnish just graduated. Both of them completed a 10-hour plus course from eight of the world's top agents on how to never lose a listing again and how to go into a listing with a Superman cape and win it. They took 52 quizzes and got an 80% or better on all those quizzes. Congratulations, Jason Hinnish and Jeffrey Twig. If you're interested, go to rebusuniversity.com. You could type in Rockstar 100 and get 100 bucks off. Guys, happy Friday. Have a great weekend. Hope you kill it. Hope you list a lot of houses. Hope you sell some too. And I will look forward to you Monday. And here's I'm going to I'm going to do something special in the near future. I'm going to Vietnam next week. And what I'm going to do is provide and get, you know, internet access at the right time. I'm going to try to leave an intro or two maybe even a FaceTime live. So watch my Facebook from Vietnam. And if you're not friends with Pat or Patrick Hyben on Facebook, go ahead and get friends with Patrick because Pat is already full. And I'll make sure that I do some picture posting and you can follow me on my trip to Vietnam. Later.
Okay, Rockstar Nation, man, we have a mega, mega, huge agent today, and we are going to talk about all kinds of good stuff. I got Rob Ellerman on the line. Rob is hailing from Lee Summit, Missouri, and man, he's killing it on there, and you're going to find out how, and uh, we're going to get in some serious, serious, serious meat and potatoes today. So without further ado, Rob, welcome to Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, thanks, Pat. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So, Rob, why don't you uh, give everybody a little background on yourself so they can get to know you better? Okay. Um, well, I am, uh, I've been in the business uh, about 21 years, and um, I got in the industry straight out of college. Um, I grew up in a small rural town, you know, learned the, the hard work ethic with, you know, uh, hauling hay and, and all that fun stuff, and um, went to college, realized I had to get out of any of the, the, the really super hard labor work. So, uh, uh, loved real estate, tried to buy my first property when I was in college, uh, working in a fast food restaurant. And, uh, the realtor looked at me like I was crazy when I, when he asked me how much money I had to put down and I said zero and how much I made. And I said $5 an hour. And, uh, you know, he pretty, he pretty much said, uh, good try kid, but you're going to have to have to do a little better than that. So it was interesting. He, um, he actually followed up with me for like two years straight. And so I kind of learned the, you know, the follow-up system there with, with him. Um, so that was, that was pretty neat. And, uh, and then as soon as I graduated college, I just, uh, jumped right into, uh, into the real estate and moved into uh, Kansas city metro area and, uh, started out over in, uh, Overland park, Kansas, actually, uh, we're right on the border of Missouri and Kansas. And I started out over there um, and then moved back over to the Missouri side, uh, after about my first year there. So then I got, I was at a smaller, a smaller company here, a bigger company nationwide. And then, um, I had the president of, uh, at the time was JD Reese. Jerry Reese gave me a call. I'd won a rookie of the year, um, award and he called me up and uh, said, I'd like to interview you. And, and um, I came over, and, and since uh, Reese is, was the number one company here in Kansas City, and we merged with Nichols, which was the number two company, and now we're uh, owned by Warren Buffett and part of Home Services. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we, we've got a lot of commonality because, you know, I, I graduated college and, you know, within, within months got my license and, and spent 20-some-plus years in the biz just like you. So it um, makes a lot of sense. I, I, li- I like your path. So tell us about today. Like, what, like how many houses did you sell last year? Okay, so our team sold um, 792. Woo! For uh, $194 million, well, over $194 million in volume. So we average about 245000 per house. Okay, damn. So, so a, people are probably saying, you know, was your goal two hundred million and eight hundred homes? <laughs> um, actually, our goal last year, um, we so the year before we did one fifty four, and I think I upped the goal to one seventy five or one eighty, I believe, last year. So we did blow through that, and then this year we have a goal of two hundred and forty million, and so far we've had. Um, this is uh, we just finished with May, and we've had five straight months at over thirty million a month written. So we're well Woo. well on pace to to blow through that number as well. Wow. Okay. So so what's your GCI on on those uh, close to eight hundred sales? Uh, last year I was just a little over four million. Sweet. In GCI. And and what would what's your profit margin? 
so um, I mean, I run things a little bit differently, I think, than than a lot of uh, team leaders. Um, we have several agents on the team. Um, so of that four million, about two and a half million of that gets paid out to agents. Okay, so uh, which, your cost of left. good is like sixty percent. Um, yeah, yeah. Know, and then I take yeah. I, wow. I take about um, a million and a half of that that comes to me. Um, and then out of that, I pay, you know, my expenses and I'll net anywhere from, you know, 800 to a million in that, in your that expenses, range. So, your expenses are only 700 grand or so, which is, you know, let's say 50 a month, 60 a month, you'll net 800 on a four minute. So basically you got a 20% profit margin. Right, right. Yep. And I, and I kind of look at it a little bit different than that. I look at it from what my profit margin is on what I've earned coming directly to me. We, we pay our agents on a scale where if they, if they're generating their own business, they're making higher splits. And so, you know, that's, that's business that I would have never gotten anyway, but, um, I'm getting a little piece of that. So that gross, that gross commission to me is a little skewed when you look at it like that. Um, I'm not a one man operation where I'm bringing in the entire gross of that. So I feel like my gross is actually 1.5. Got it. If that makes Got any it. sense. Yeah, I mean, it's um, all it's all mind games, really. At the end of the day, you made eight hundred thousand dollars. That's what really counts. You know, some people get caught up in the percentages, and whether you take it off your top or you take it off the the other top, you know, the the other gross. I guess it doesn't matter, right? I mean, it's right, right. It's uh, well, what you I can't get like caught up in that. Me, yeah. yeah, and I feel like it gives me the opportunity to. Um, I mean, I, I run it from the standpoint of I don't go on listing presentations. I don't go on buyer, you know, outings. Uh, I mean, I'm strictly managing the team and it allows me to do other stuff outside of just the team. So I have a little investment company that we, you know, we flip houses, we build a few houses. I invest in some land and, and that company will turn, you know, uh, 200 to 300,000 a year, uh, pretty steady. So, um, you know, by, not being full time in the actual showings and listing presentations and and such, then I'm able to go do some other things that generate some other income on that side. Yeah, that's neat. Um, I I love it. Um, you know, I was having a conversation with Jeff Cohn not uh, too long ago. He's Berkshire Hathaway too. Do you know him? I don't know him. He's at Omaha, and uh, he, he do, he's doing a ton of business. Like, I'll introduce you guys. Actually, uh, he did 580 sales last year, not 800 like you, but. Uh, but uh, I'll definitely hook you guys up. Anyways, we were talking about the different types of teams where the team leader yourself doesn't do listing appointments, right? And we were breaking this down. I don't want to lose you on this, but we, we said, okay, so the first one would be a contact uh, listing agent, which means you still have contact with the seller. So let me ask you that. If a seller calls or a buyer calls asking for you, do you have contact with them? There, there are times that I do, correct. But um, most of the time, no. Most of the time it, it funnels through the system and um, I don't have any contact. Now I step in if there's you know, an issue or they've got a, they've got but a they question. Don't, they don't, they're not calling that, you and then you're referring the leads out constantly. It's, it's not like, that. no, 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 no. Sometimes I get that obviously with my own circle of influence. Um, they'll call me direct. And, and, you know, when I first started, it was funny when I first started the, the lead listing agent, Hey, you know, Hey, I'm not going to go on listing presentations anymore. Right. And everybody told me when they call Rob Ellerman, they want Rob Ellerman. And I said, I don't, 
I don't agree with that. I think they want good service. They want to sell their house fast as they can for the most money they can. Right. That's, right? I, I don't and agree it, with that either. That's asinine. It's like saying when they call Hilton Hotels, they want to talk to Conrad Hilton. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay, so so you're not a contact. And by the way, this is something we just made up, but I think it sounds pretty good. You're not a contact listing agent. Now, the, the big mega team. The second one we came up with was a CEO, which basically you're the CEO of this company, right? And you're taking an $800,000 salary to manage all the people in there. And the idea of it is that you could be replaced with someone and pay them two hundred. And then make six hundred. Now, are you the CEO of your company? Wow, you just basically asked me if I could be replaced for two hundred thousand dollars. That's a tumb question, Pat. You know, I feel like uh, I feel like I am the CEO of the company. I feel like I'm one of few teams across the country that you know, if I want to go to a poker tournament in Las Vegas and spend two months playing. I could, and the the team runs, and it runs just as good without me here. Um, but I do think there's some value in being in the office every day, and there's things that maybe I make happen that that others couldn't make happen, and, and business that I generate. So I don't I don't necessarily think I could step out and and make six hundred and have somebody else making two. Um, at least at this point, um, I feel like I still bring. Um, enough value to the table on an everyday basis that, you know, also there's a lot of trust and uh, camaraderie and, um, you know, your agents want you to be here. You, they want to see your face. They want to talk to you when they need to. So I'm, I, I'm not a contact listing agent necessarily, yep. but anybody that wants to get me can get me really quickly. Okay. So, and, and there's, it's not right or wrong. You know what I mean? I mean, it, sure. you, know, you know, it just, it's just a type. So the CEO is kind of where you're at there. The other one we came up with was the celebrity team, right? And the, on the celebrity team, it's basically like, it is your name. We understand that, but is it your face? Are you the guy on the billboards? Are you running ads with your video image on there? Are you running radio ads with your voice? Are you required as the celebrity of this team? No, that for sure is, is a no. But luckily, this is radio and you can't see my face. I try to keep this face off of any billboards that are humanly <laughs> possible. So, uh, no, we, we do, we know we use our logo, our team logo on everything. Um, I'm really big about trying to make my agents as prominent as possible on either listings or advertisement. And we want them to brand themselves. And I always tell them they're, they're running their own business under the umbrella. Okay. So, so we, we try hard to do that for them. So you're, you're on a good level because I think that if, if we had to make them levels, a lot of agents who run teams, once they get out of listing appointments, they're still attached to the celebrityness of it, which again is not right or wrong, but it can become a pain in the ass. Me, I've, I've gone through it myself, you know, of, of having to constantly be on show in your hometown. The second is is the contact, which is, in my mind, a major pain in the ass because people are calling you all hours of the day and, and night and, and uh, you're constantly getting all the shit Right. Like if right, something's right. going wrong, they're calling and screaming you, then you're calling into your people and trying to fix it or to change the system or whatever. You would rather have that in an organized manner, you know, to put it into reality, like all the complaints. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. And then the CEO is the one that's closest to having a business that is actually saleable 
right? A real business in that if you were replaced or if you did get sick, you could be replaced and maybe be able to sell it at some point in time. So you're you're right, probably right. the highest level other than someone who's delegated that job for a couple hundred grand and stepped out. Would you agree with that? I would agree. All right, so let's talk about something that's real controversial here because um, you've made some statements in the past about expansion, right? We got – it's a huge – it's a buzzword, right? It's something that agents are paying a lot of money for across North America uh, to not only learn but to, to buy systems for and things like that. And it's kind of like a buyer agency when it first – caught on or, or having buyer agents when it first caught on maybe like REOs in 2006, everybody was spending money saying, Hey, you know, I want to buy this list of all these REOs or get with these asset managers or maybe short sales after that. Hey, I want to find out who's five months late on their payment and all this money went in there. Right? So now, you know, there's a lot of attention and money going into expansions You've said some things, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan. So talk to me about that. Right, right, right. Well, and uh, I'm not a fan of what's being taught about expansion right now. I think expansion's very cool and, and, and could lead to really big money uh, down the road for the right people. Um, however, you know, I know there's some, some teachings out there that if you've made $100,000 in gross income and you've got good systems, then you, sh- you should expand. Um, I've had people tell me, uh, team leaders tell me that they would rather run 10, uh, $100,000 offices than one $100 million office. Um, and, and I don't understand that theory at all because, you know, it's hard to run offices when you're not there. So I think the expansion thing, um, I see people even in Kansas city and they talk expansion and there's a couple that maybe even say that they are, you know, doing expansion throughout the country. But then I look on the list here in Kansas city and I'm like, you're not even in the top 25 or the top 50 agents in your own city. And the way our cities broke down, we have three areas. We have the, the uh, North of the river. We have where I'm at in the Lee summit, Missouri area. And then we have Kansas, which is uh, a big area in Kansas. So we really have three expansion areas right in our own backyard and when I see people expanding outside of the states, you know, Kansas or Missouri, when they're not even expanding right in their own backyard, that doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, you, you figure it out in your own backyard first um, before you move on to, to, you know, other states and new license law. And, and you know, you're going to be an absentee owner there and, and the travel and, you know, who are you going to who are you going to throw in an office? So what I see expansion happening right now is I know somebody in Colorado I've got a sister in Des Moines, so I'm going to expand to Des Moines, and she's going to run my team. Well, really, your sister is running her business and her COI list in Des Moines, and you're making a little piece of it just to kind of mentor from far away. To me, you're not running a real true business. And there, and um, is your thought that basically when you say that, because certainly, you know, if you want to, if you want your sister to to do that and you want to offer her some mentorship and take 5% or something, I guess there's nothing wrong with that. But when you say you're not running a true business, I think what you're really saying is you're not, there's no real profit. There's no real mass profit in that, right? Right, right. I mean, are, you know, are, what are you doing to help her generate her business? Are you, are you putting $50,000 into a marketing plan there to, to generate more business for, 
for her? Is she is she managing the team? Is she growing? Um, is she recruiting? Um, you know, what what's what's the plan? Is it just you've got a couple people that are running their own COIs from there, and you're not doing any kind? I mean, our industry is known for agents that do zero marketing, right? They get their free internet from their company, they get MLS, and that's it. I mean, I I know agent after agent that says I spend zero dollars in marketing. So it, that's where the expansion is coming from. You know, don't spend any money. Just throw them into these offices. You've got the systems to where you can, you know, maybe make a little piece of it. But there's, like you said, there's no real profit there. I mean, I waited to expand to my first office when I hit $75 million in sales. And then we decided to go over onto the Kansas side of the state line. And how far away was and, that? Um, that's about 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And then, and then your third office, how far away is that? Uh, about 35 to 40 Okay, so you're within an hour, basically. So you within have an hour. You have three offices so, within an hour. Correct. And is the benefit to those really like the brick and mortar, like the uh, conference room and the ability uh, for the agent to say, "Hey, you know, I'm a ten minute drive here," so that people don't think they're listing with an agent an hour away? Is that the real benefit to that? If the if the psyche of the consumer wasn't caught up on an address and wasn't caught up on and the agent wasn't caught up on having a conference room to have a settlement in, would you even be paying that money? Um, I, I think, I think that's part of it for sure. But, you know, I think of it in terms of the recruiting trail too. I mean, the agents do want to, you know, when, if, if I were to say, Hey, you know, come work for me and, and my office is 30 minutes away from you when I've got another office, that's five minutes away. You know, that agent's like, no, I, I work over here. You know, I work over in this area. Okay, so the, the great thing about our company is we have 18 offices, so I can expand into those offices. In the, so it's, it's been an easy, state, smooth process from that standpoint, working with Reese Nichols here for me because we just we can we can plop down in space and, you know, I work it out so, with corporate so on what we're doing money-wise. What, what's different than what you're doing and what some of the – other people are doing just so there's no conflicting messages there. Like, so, so what are you exactly saying is right and wrong? Right, right. So what I'm saying is, um, you know, we have a, we have a full marketing plan. We spend, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to try to generate leads in that specific area. I've got a manager that I've hired for that, that those offices and they recruit, uh, they help train, they mentor, and they're running, they're running it like a business. I don't have two agents sitting in an office that are that are calling their very own COI list, and that's how they're getting business, and then I'm just making a little piece of it. Does that make sense? So I expanded right, yeah. over to the Kansas office, and within two years, you know, we should be – we're doing now $70, $80 million out of that office. Very rarely have I seen an expansion team, and I'm not saying it hasn't happened. I'm not I'm – not, like I said before, I think it's a great venue – for the right people to make a lot of money at it. But if you look at most of the expansion teams, or at least the ones I know, they're doing $5 million, $4 million, $6 million, $8 million out of an office. Well, they're just, they're just doing the volume of one person or two people on their COI list. So there's no real business plan. They're not trying to generate leads. I mean, we're looking at expanding. Our two areas we're looking at right now outside of our, our local area is we're looking at Fort Lauderdale and we're looking at Destin, Florida. Cause I have a couple of places there that, you know, we go visit. Um, wouldn't, quite wouldn't, a bit. wouldn't you be, wouldn't that be uh, 
the opposite uh, opposite of of your belief structure though like like you, you know no 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 well i guess what i'm trying to get across is if i want to go to fort lauderdale and i just have one person that runs their own coi and i don't spend any money um, investing in it as a business i think that's wrong got it so but, you, but, so, but what i want to do is i want to go to fort lauderdale and i'm going to say okay we've got fifty seventy five thousand dollars how do we generate leads how do we recruit how do we you know who's my manager um how do we build a team of 20 people down here doing a hundred million dollars okay so that's expansion so so you don't believe in people that want to expand uh, with no money essentially right you you think that you need to have 50 to 100 g's for each new location i just think if you want to start a subway you don't go in and start a subway with zero dollars Right, you've got to have some investment to go in and 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 build out your building, and you start a business. Um, I don't know why I picked Subway as an example of that. No, it's a but, good example because um, they're all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Well, in our industry, it's so easy to, uh, like I said, just recruit somebody uh, or or just have a sister that's doing the business, and then you call yourself an expansion team. And I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I could. I could go across the country and get one person to work for me in 50 different offices and say, you know, I've expanded to 50 different offices across the country. But to me, I'm not running a, I'm not running a good solid business plan. I want to go to, I want to go to an area and I want to do 20 million, 30 million, 40 million, 50 million, you know, a hundred million dollars in another area. Then you're running a legitimate, yeah, um, and profit and everything. I mean, I think at the end yeah. of the day, the one of the reasons why it's so popular is because it's easy for both sides. I mean, it's easy for the for the agent, the team agent, like you or me or whatever, to to throw up a couple of people in an office. You know, where you know another Berkshire office or another Remax office is their Remax or whatever. But it's also easy for the people that come, like the the agents. And if it fails, yeah, no biggie. You know what I mean? Right. But if you're putting a hundred grand in it and it fails, that hurts, you know? So you're going to make hurts. it, you're going to, you're going to put a lot of effort into it because of the potential failure and because of the, the money, because of the potential right, right, loss right. of money. Well, and I'm, and I'm just throwing out dollars. I don't, I don't know what the number is. I mean, I think each market's going to be different. I think if I go to Destin, Florida, I think that market's a lot sm- smaller than a Fort Lauderdale type market. So, um, I mean, the money that you spend trying to generate leads in Fort Lauderdale, I think is going to be much more the um, high dollar than it would be in, in Destin. Mm. And, and again, I'm not saying I'm, I'm 100% right on it. I just feel like that we, we've thrown this word expansion around, and I've heard people here in, in my city talk about, well, I'm going to expand, and I'm, and I'm thinking, you know, right now you're doing $8 million on your own, like – dig the well deeper where you're at, you know, why do we, why do we want to go out and try to do this expansion thing when you're making a hundred thousand dollars in gross income, when instead you should super focus on making a million dollars here in your own city first. Yeah. And then, and then you're, talk you're about kind of expansion. saying it's kind of a quality over quantity type of, of thing, right? I mean, you're 75 million in office. You you should set the, rather than setting up an expansion team with the goal of doing five to ten million. You're saying, hey, we want to do 75 million in office. Yeah, I just think it's again. I just think that it's it's being thrown around so loosely that like 
you know, well, I'm in six different offices. Well, how much do you do in each one of those offices? Yeah. You know, and, and maybe, maybe somebody's okay with making 10 or $15,000 on each office. Uh, but to me, you know, if you, if you're making 10 or 15,000, are you traveling out there to, to help them, you know, uh, with, with, with their business plan and, and help them do more? I mean, you know, are you paying for hotels? <laughs> are you, I mean, there's going to be some, some, in my opinion, some real money spent in, you know, flying in and out of these different in places, or are you just putting two people, you know, in an office and you say they're running your team and then, you know, you Skype everything and which is okay. I mean, you can, right. you know, you can do that, I guess, but um, I, I don't know. I just, I just think that you dig the well deeper where you're at. And when you run another office, when you decide to go with an expansion office, you dig that well as deep as you can before you just throw one or two people in, in six or seven offices. Yeah, and, yeah, again, yeah. that's just my personal opinion. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, essentially what you're saying is the juice is not worth the squeeze. Right, exactly, exactly. So let's talk about um, some nitty-gritty on your team. You got, you know, you're doing 792 transactions. I mean, that's a ton. So how many of those would you say are buyer transactions versus listings? Um, I would say we're probably um, we're probably about 50-50 on that, pretty close. That's interesting. On, uh, okay, that's good. Yeah, we have a, uh, you know, we also represent um, several builders here in town. So we have a, a consistent inventory of new construction. Um, we have both a big new construction team and a resale team, uh, along with a, a flip division where we flip homes. So we, we always have a consistent inventory of, of listings, which, you know, obviously bring in the buyers. That's great because, you know, a lot of these teams that I talk to like yours, you know, they start skewing over to more buyers because buyer agents are easier to come by than listing agents. And because kind of like what we were talking about before, where, where buyers can be free, where listings cost money, i.e. marketing for the most part. And so it's good that you haven't skewed there. It's, it's, it's actually awesome. So let's say 400, close to 400 listings. Now, where do those come from? So again, you know, to start, we have the the new construction stuff. So we have um, we have probably twenty ish builders that we represent across our three offices. And here in town, we get exclusive marketing agreements. So um, we'll have a subdivision, and that specific subdivision, we are the only agent that can can list the new construction in there. So if we've got five builders in an area, all five of those builders will be listed with us. So you start, you start there and then, you know, people walking through the door say, you know, Hey, I've got a house to sell before I get into this one. So there comes another listing. Um, obviously our referral base is, is huge. Um, you know, 21, 21 years in the business and then, you know, several agents on the team with their own COIs. Um, so the referral base is big signage, just the overall marketing. We hear a lot, you know, we see you everywhere. Okay. So, so like we really sure like to narrow so we really like to narrow that down at times, but <laughs> sometimes we can't. <laughs> now, do you have? Do you put your picture on your signs? No, 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 okay, no. I, I'm a radio guy. <laughs> now, do you do radio commercials? No, 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 not really. I'm just. Yeah. I just mean we try to you know, try to hide behind the mic. Right? right. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So, uh, talk to me about the builder thing. So, is that that's something unique you're doing? Like someone listening out there says, "Hey, you know, I want to be like Rob. Uh, I want." you know, three major builders giving me biz. 
How did you do that in the beginning, and how do you handle it now? Yeah, yeah. So my first, my first subdivision, I, I, I knew um, I played basketball with a guy, and his dad was a developer, and he decided that he was going to interview for this new neighborhood that he was was putting on the market. And I remember thinking, okay, so what I'm going to do here is I'm going to try to get this neighborhood. And then what happens historically in our area, and I think probably across the country, is when somebody gets that, what do they do every single weekend? They're sitting on the subdivision. They're working that as hard as they can individually, and they don't have time to do anything else or, or grow in any other way because they're so focused on it. Right. As a matter of fact, I, I clearly remember an agent telling me that when I, when I, when I got the subdivision, she said, well, there goes your resale. So, and I said, well, what do you- so, so how many houses were in said subdivision? Um, that, was a, that was a 90 lot subdivision. It was okay. 45 in the first phase. Okay, but, so, but, but so that but was a pretty big score to start with, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But our our so just to make sure, you know, we we sell in a neighborhood. If we sell twenty to thirty homes in a year, that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good neighborhood. We don't have that was the a big five numbers. year job for you, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, we're still in it, <laughs> and that was that was you know eleven years ago or whatever. Wow, the really? The downturn. Eleven years. That job. slowed wow. down. Then another builder came in, purchased all the rest of the land, and now we're redeveloping that stuff. So we've had it the whole entire time. Okay. So, yeah, but but I remember clearly, you know, them telling me, an agent telling me that my resale was going to be gone because I was going to spend so much time on new, and I was like, well, that's not my plan. My plan is I'm going to train two agents to sit on that neighborhood. And, um, and I'm going to continue to, you know, continue to work the other areas of the business, but I'm going to train them to be in that subdivision and everybody just, you know, that's probably not going to work and, and this and that. And, and it did. And I think that's a part of the, one of the things I see with teams is it's really hard to get over that plateau of somebody else making more money than you while they're doing less. And what I mean by that is I would sell, 30 or $35 million a year. And, you know, I'd look at the guy down the hall who was selling 15 million and he was doing it all himself. Mm. And I was like, he's making more money than me. Yes. And, um, and I knew that my, I don't want to say my life was better because that's not exactly what I mean, but my, my time to spend with my kids right. and, and coach basketball and, and all that, I, I was, you were better leveraged. Five, him. Yeah. He was a workaholic. Yeah home for dinner i was I, I you know coached every game watched every game on the weekends i didn't work the weekends we went to the lake and you know all that but i wasn't making nearly the money and that's the same way it is today i mean i you know i'll net a million dollars this year a million one overall and i i still do that same thing i go to the lake with my kids every weekend we're on vacation four weeks a year um i coach basketball with them i mean i i just have that life to where i i can do that yeah, you, you um, have so to be willing rather, to pay it. I, I think it, in a percent, in a profit percentage, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, whether you're twenty percent or forty percent or whatever, you have to be willing to pay for for an inc- a free time and a, and a great life by lowering said percentage through leverage, which you've done. But it's just a mindset. It doesn't mean you you have to necessarily make less. In the long term, because you're going to make over a million dollars profit. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But in That's, the short term, yeah. Yeah. And you see teams all the time. Um, they'll do, you know, 17 million. Next year, they'll do 18 million. Next year, they'll do 17 and a half. Next year, they'll do 19. Next year, they'll do 18. You know, it's right in that range of 
why is it always in that range? Because there's only 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can only work so hard, and that's about what you're gonna you're gonna top out at. So unless you step out of that role, and and every time I had a a lead come in, I thought, man, if I work it myself, I make ten thousand. But if I hand it off, I make six thousand. I don't touch it. And if you can give up that four thousand dollars, using using round numbers, obviously, but you know, you you give up that little piece of it eventually you grow it big enough to where it's coming in and you say, okay, now it makes sense. I still have the life that I've wanted. I'm able to continue to grow. My agents make more money because I keep them on really good splits. So it's just, I mean, I, I, I don't see, this is my 21st year and we've had 20 straight years of growth, <laughs> even during the downturn. Wow. That's hard. That's hard to say. That's real hard so, to say. Get my, my hat's off to you. Yeah, the downturn was, you know, when people ask me what was the best thing that ever happened in your business, I always say the recession. <laughs> so, um, and, and it's true. We went from 75 homes a year to 375 homes a year over about a three-year period during the recession. Wow. And what, I, what, I, saw, what I saw during those, those times were, it's, it's one of my favorite quotes from Warren Buffett, when, when others are fearful, be greedy, and when others are greedy, be fearful. And I heard everybody saying, you know, pull out of print, don't advertise, save your money, it's getting bad. And I thought, you know, there's still people out there that need to, you know, buy and sell houses. So I called every print publication and negotiated amazing deals on front covers and back covers. And I was everywhere. And, uh, And it didn't cost me all that much money, really, but I just invested everything I made back into the business. And, and we just skyrocketed because people who wanted to to sell said, well, you're the only guy advertising. And so we just really made it through the recession. Um, I mean, we, we made some great relationships and then developers would see it and go, well, you know, the person I'm with is not advertising anything for me. I want to talk to you and then I pick up another development and we, we just went from there. So that's awesome. When, when everyone's fearful, be greedy. And when everyone's greedy, be fearful. Right, right. So during the recession, we tried to do as much as we possibly can. Even on my, you know, other investment side, I mean, I tried to buy lots that were foreclosed on. And, you know, we bought a couple of vacation places in Destin because the market was, you know, tough during that time. So we tried to take advantage of that. I wish I would have had more money back then. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, so where are people today, greedy or fearful? Today, I think that, um, I think that they're a little bit greedy today. So we're, we're, we're being really careful with, I mean, our market under 200,000 here is just, I mean, you can't buy a rental property if it hits the MLS. I mean, it's going for ten fifteen thousand $15,000 over full price. So I think that's not a good place to be. Um, you know, you want to get those deals when, uh, I mean, these same houses during the recession I was telling you about, we could buy for 85,000 or now 140,000, mm, you know, almost double. Um, yeah. So it's, it's interesting. We're still, you know, on our flips and stuff, we're still, you know, buying good properties that come to us before they hit the MLS and, and we can get some, you know, some deals with enough profit margin to make that, make that work. But, um, yeah, if they hit the MLS, it's really tough to, you to see in margins, uh, you see in margins shrink, you see in flips harder to find. Definitely harder to find. I, I have people call me all the time and, you know, watching Chip and Joanna Gaines and, and the, everything on TV, flip or flop. And, oh, my and God, yeah. Shows. There's like 12 of um, them. 
yeah, they, they, they're like, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. And, and send me listings. And I'm like, look, I'm not the right guy for you there. First of all, there's a conflict of interest because if I see one that's got huge profit in it, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm not the guy to represent you on, on that side. But what we do is, you know, we just signed about a $90,000 marketing budget to actually go out and advertise for the, for the people to call us before they hit the market. So, you know, if you're just a, a, an investor that wants to find a flip here and there, you can't spend, you know, $90,000 on a uh, marketing plan in order for people to call you. So we're getting leads coming in every day off of um, both we do uh, TV ads, radio commercials. Are they there. Uh, buy do, your house for cash, that sort of thing? Yeah. Like, like distress yep, sale type yep. shit? Yeah. Yep, yep. So, um, and sometimes, I mean, it's, you know, we, we have a few companies in town that do it, and we try to offer a really fair price to people, and, and you know, we let them know up front, here's what we're going to do. We're going to spend this much money. We're going to try to profit this much. I mean, well, you know, you're we're very transparent with it, so um, they don't feel like that, you know, we're doing anything. Well, you got to be. I mean, you lose your license, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, and, and people just don't want to, you know, most of the time they just don't want to deal with it. We don't want to put it on the market. We don't want to show it. We just want to get rid of it. Right. Um, you know, and it's worth it. To so yeah, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been good. It, it is harder to find though. I mean, they're, they're not as, as prevalent as they were out there, you know, uh, a few years ago. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, listen, I really, really appreciate you coming on, Rob, and I appreciate you being so candid with your answers and telling it like it is. I mean, you're obviously uh, doing a bang-up job there, and if anybody's got a referral for somebody, and where, where do I say? Kansas City? Uh, what? Kansas Where's City. That's Kansas good enough. City. Yeah, Kansas City or the, or the metro of Kansas City, so... Yeah, look Rob up. I'm going to put all of his information on the show notes. I'm going to put, uh, you could also go direct. You go to hybendigital.com backslash Rob Ellerman. It's uh, E-L-L-E-R-M-A-N. Or you could just go to hybendigital.com and type in Rob or type in Ellerman or type in uh, Kansas or type in anything and uh, or anything we talked about, Warren Buffett, and maybe he'll pop up. So, Rob, thanks again, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, next time I'm in Kansas City, I've been there once, and uh, hopefully if I'm out there again, we'll definitely get together and break some bread. Yeah, absolutely. have to watch these Royals get out of this little slump they're in right now and win a <laughs> back-to-back World Series here. That's right. Good luck, buddy. Yes, they're going to need it, I think. <laughs> You guys know that I'm I'm pretty experienced in this business. Been at this game. Had my I had my license in Maryland for 28 years full time now. I still have a big team that's run by somebody else, Mike Sloan, my partner, but I'm an, intricately involved with him on an email basis if if not more. Uh, regularly so i know what's going on plus i had over 400 guests on the show including the ones that haven't been released yet and i see where the pain points are in real estate today and i think there's a huge pain point in listings right i think that because the mls is public now people are having to spend more and more time and more and more money and effort to get buyers and they're getting farther and farther away from listings And I'm a big believer that listings are the name of the game, that buyers are a byproduct of listings, and that you will get much more solid buyers from sign calls than you will from buying them from some of these sites or from anywhere else, and that you will get 
uh, much more commissions and a much higher profit by being a listing agent. And I think what keeps people from being listing agents is they're afraid of the listing appointment. And the reason they're afraid, because there's a lot of really heavy rejection. I mean, I can remember times in my career where I really, really, really thought that I had a listing or I really, really wanted a listing and uh, they chose someone else. And there's a plethora of reasons why they may have chose someone else. But I just remember it, it, it hurting. It just getting kicked right in the gut. It keep me awake at night. Like, what did I say wrong? I swore I had rapport with that family. I swore that was in the bag. I should have closed harder. I should have zigged when they zagged. I should have set a different price. I should have set a different commission. I should have said, you know, whatever, a different marketing plan. I forgot to mention this. I forgot to mention that. You know, sometimes I made my listing appointments too short because I didn't know that they were interviewing multiple agents. And so anyways, that caused me, knowing that that's the number one pain point in the industry, to create the Certified Listing Agent Program. And this thing has taken a long time. I interviewed eight of the top real estate agents in America about their listing appointment, what they say, what they do, how they do it. And then we role-played it on screen, on camera. And then in addition to that, they gave me their pre-list books. They gave me their CMAs. They gave me their net sheets. They gave me everything. And I put it all together. We edited it in the bite-sized chunks. And uh, we created a product out of it. And so basically what you're getting is about 10 hours of video on listing appointments. And you could uh, they're segmented by agent. So if you like an agent, you can watch them over and over again. If you dislike one of the ones of the eight, then you don't have to watch them again. You can print out everything immediately. Some people are buying it just to print out all the stuff that's free with it. The 28 downloads that's included in it. But it and, and it's in, in ten minute increments. So it uh, so you 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 watch five to twelve minutes of video, and then you take a small quiz, and then you watch another five to twelve minutes, and you take a small quiz. So it's bite size. So you can get through it. Go on the appointment. Take a little bit more. Go on the appointment. Take a little bit more. Go eat lunch. Take a little bit more. Or or spread it out over a year. You know we've had a lot of people already sign up. We've had ten graduates so far. I can see where the progress is. I have a lot of people over 50% done. And in my mind, because I'm ADD, it, it sure as heck beats being in a stuffy classroom listening to a lecture. Because here you're getting real people saying real meat and potatoes. And it's in bite-sized chunks. And you're forced to take a quiz and get an 80% pass rate on it to keep you alert. And it's just a lot better way, in my opinion, to learn so if you want to learn more about it, go to hybendigital.com backslash discount and get the discount that we're offering now. That's hybendigital backslash discount. You'll get my personal podcast discount by going there and take a look, you know, see what you think. It comes with my personal guarantee, 100% guaranteed money back guarantee. Look, if you take it and you think it, it it stinks, I'll give you your money back. You can go on Google and Google my name, and I'm personally guaranteeing this. I'm very, very easy to find, right? Just send me an email. I promise you, I'll, I'll give you your money back. But that's how confident I'm better. I mean, it took us a long time to do this and a lot of money, and, and it is solid. I mean, it, this is not a cheap waste of somebody's time. You take this course, you're going to beat the competition. You take this course, you're going to feel so much better going in on the listing point. You're going to have a Superman cape on or a Super Wonder Woman cape on if you take this 10 hours. It may take you 15 hours with the test or whatever. If you put the time in, 
uh, it will be worth it. Anyways, check it out. Hybendigital.com backslash discount to get your discount on it. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.